Welcome to the Sunday morning service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Tema Community 5, Ghana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is the following the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God, brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. prompt for our morning church services. Your life will never be the same again. God richly bless you as you join us in the service. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a much better clap offering. And if you hear, if you are happy to hear this morning, let's all say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Holy Spirit. And let's say thank you, Father. I'd like to welcome every one of you in all our branches to this morning's service. As you have on the MC. The year is, this year is fast coming to an end. But I know that there are still some blessings that God has reserved even for the last day and for the 31st December. Praise the Lord. And yours shall be among it. In Jesus' name, we thank God for what you have done for us through some brethren. We've changed the carpet, the front. And may God bless those who finance this. It's nice. Um, the old, the used one that we took off, we're going to donate to those of you who want. They are still very good. They are not spoiled. They are still strong and nice. So those of you who want it, um, we'll leave it with um, Richard and Sister Esther. Um, if you want a piece of the carpet. See Esther, Okansi, Richard, Aqua, and uh, and then come with your scissors so they can cast, cast some for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ready for the word of God? Look, we are, we are now very much in the Christmas season. We're looking at the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And um, we had a very successful revival. Six days, seven days of prayers and fasting. And uh, the theme of the revival, or the message of the revival, I will represent it with this. Uh, this means Satan and sin. Satan and the sin that he placed on man. And the blood of Jesus came through his death. So if you hear, don't understand this, what it means. It all began with Satan's sin that he placed on man, uh, which was taking us to hell with him. Then Jesus came, and through his blood and death, we were transferred unto redemption, 
forgiveness of sins, inheritance, and eternal life. That's the meaning of what we have here. So as we enter a new season of the birth of Jesus, if you permit me, we'll take this down. And then, uh, will you, should we take it down? Okay, then Elder, come and help me take other kind of help us take take this down but don't forget the meaning of these things you can remove them start removing them satan and the sin that he placed on us through the blood of jesus through the death of jesus we obtain redemption forgiveness of sins and righteousness everlasting life so as we get into the christmas colors now we're going to Christmas season. I think we all understand. So we take this down and then we proceed with the rest of the service. Amen. Were we all blessed in the revival? Close your eyes. Thank you very much. God bless you. Lift up your right and let us pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for having brought us this far. Lord, indeed, you are our Lord and our God. And you, through your death, Lord Jesus, you give us a gift eternal life as we remember your birth and celebrate your coming to the world Lord we pray that you will be with us throughout this Christmas season granting us all to understand the real true meaning of Christmas that is not just eating and drinking but peace righteousness in the Holy Spirit Give us your word this morning. Grant us all to have understanding, insight, wisdom. And let today's word from Jude abide with us the rest of our lives. Not just us, but our children also. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we all be seated? This morning, we, I bring you short word that I've entitled. In fact, it's an exhortation. Exhortation from Brother Jude. 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 Exhortation, not advice or counseling from Brother Jude. J-U-D-U. Exhortation from Brother Jude. And uh, the text, therefore, Jude verses 20 and 21. Jude is just one chapter. That before Revelation. One chapter, so no chapters. Jude verses 20 and 21. You'll find the book of Jude that before Revelation. Verses 20 and 21. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Spirit, 
Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Let me read it again. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, Jude began in verses 1 and 2 by identify, identifying himself and greeting the brethren, the brethren to whom he wrote this letter. He greeted them. And in verses 1 and 2, he said, Jude, a born servant or a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. Verse 1 said, Jude, a bond servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. To those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. This may look like an ordinary salutation or greeting. But beloved, Jude began by identifying himself. And I think that as we get to the end of this year, and therefore the beginning of the year of our Lord, 2023, in fact, throughout the rest of your entire life, you must always bear in mind the ability to identify or to describe exactly who you are in the Lord. Here, Jude says, a bond servant of Jesus Christ. In other words, he's a servant of Jesus Christ. He's serving Jesus. He's serving God. And he's under bond. In other words, he's not going to stop. A bond servant. He's under bond. A voluntary uh, thing that he's doing. He, he's not being forced. He's saying that all his life, the rest of his life, he is a bond servant of Jesus Christ. How many of us here can say that in one way or the other, we are serving Jesus? You see, worshiping Jesus is different from serving him. We are all worshiping Jesus. But I think it's also important if you can add to your worship the qualification that you are actually also a bond servant, or you are a servant, you are serving Jesus, you are serving God through Jesus Christ. May we all be born servants of Jesus Christ. Amen. We are looking at some exhortations or advice or counseling from our own brother Jude. And therefore, we need to look at these things very carefully. Um, Jude is a brother of James a born servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. Now, James was the brother of Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus, after having given birth to Jesus, also had sons and daughters. And James was one of the sons of Mary. Jude was one of her sons. Therefore, James and Jude were half-brothers because Jesus' real father was the Holy Spirit. So they were half-brothers of Jesus. 
Now, imagine Jude being a half-brother of Jesus. It's now saying that he is a born servant of his half-brother. That's what he's saying here. He's a servant of Jesus. He's a servant of his brother. Signifying, pointing you and me to the point, the fact that Jesus, if I need to be said by all, even his brother identifies himself as his bond servant. Praise the Lord. Then what about you? What about me? And in serving Jesus, you serve until you leave this world. As long as you are in this life, you continue to serve. There's no retiring age. There's no coming home or pension. You continue to serve until God himself pensions you. And may God cause you to serve Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Then he, after describing himself, he turns to us, to those that he was writing letters to. He said, to those who are called. Now, Jews' description of the recipient of the letter is very, very, very precise. Precise. It is narrow. It doesn't apply to many people. Those who are called. Number one, called, sanctified by God the Father. In other words, made holy, who has, whose sins have been forgiven, sanctified. And then all, all those who are actually preserved in the Lord Jesus. Three things Jude used to identify the brethren. First, you must be called. You must be called. We live in a day and age where even pastors, those who call themselves pastors are not even called. They are not sanctified. And they are not preserved in Jesus. And yet they are pastoring churches. Not to mention just church members. But Jude is saying that this letter is written to those who are called. Church, if you are called, say amen. amen. Those who are called. Then having been called, sanctified, sins forgiven, made holy by God the Father. Church, if you are sanctified, say with me another amen. amen. And then preserved in Jesus Christ. If you are being preserved in Jesus, there's no way that you are ever going to backslide. There's no way it will never happen that we're going to stop serving him. Because we're talking about preservation. That means you are kept there. You are kept safe. You are locked up there. There's no way you are, we are going to leave. You see, a lot of times people worship, worshiping God when situations change a little. Situations change a little bit. Their worship changes a lot. Slight change in situation brings about a big change in their worship of God. But when you are preserved in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter. In fact, we're going to look at, in some detail, his exhortation. Called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Beloved, as the day draws to an end, remember these descriptions. The way Jude describes himself. Can you say the same about yourself? The way he described the church. The people that the letter was written to. Can, do you see yourself in this? Called, 
sanctified and preserved in Jesus. Then he goes on with his exhortation, with advice. He says, verse 20. He says, but you, beloved. You see, once you, are, you, you qualify for these things, then you are the beloved of God. You are the beloved of God. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Four things, four things Jude exhorts us to do as we come to the end of this year. Four things. And I would like every of you, please, remember these four things the rest of your lives. Beginning from today, never forget them. Number one, he says, build yourselves up. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. In other words, it is your duty, church, listen carefully, it is your duty, it is your job. It is your responsibility as a child of God to see to it that you build yourselves up. You see, many of us think that, oh, it's the church or the pastor or your neighbor who should build you up. No. And therefore, when you fail to come to church, you expect the pastor to come and look for you. Pastor to come and hold you by the hand and bring you to church. I remember when we had our Swedu branch going, a local pastor, the branch pastor there, went there one day and the member who had not been coming to church, he had to go and call this member. So he went to her house in the morning, early in the morning. Went to her house. She, he was given a chair to sit on the compound, the middle of the compound house. The pastor was sitting there. This sister went to have her bath, went into her room to change, and never came out again. The pastor sat there, sat there for a long time. Someone came and told, told him, no, that sister is not coming. She, she, she's lying down sleeping. So that even when the pastor went to get her from her house, she still didn't come. Beloved, it is your responsibility, it is your job, it is your duty in Christ Jesus to build yourselves up. What does it mean? It means that you must not remain at the same level. Church, never remain at the same level. The level that you have been at this year Come next year, from January to December, make sure, ensure, see to it that you build yourselves up. Building means you keep adding, adding. You keep adding, 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 adding until you build. You get to the high heavens. You don't stop at where you are. So instead of building yourself up, and where? In your most holy calling, your most holy faith. You are building yourselves up in a holy thing. The only holy thing. Because God. Only God. And from God comes holiness. So where you are now is a privileged place. You are in a privileged position. And God expects that you build yourselves up in this most holy faith. Praise the Lord. And don't forget, we define faith. Several times we've defined faith here. Faith, we have said, and it is true, faith has four things. Faith is not just faith. And out of these four parts, we see your work. 
We see your works of faith. We see your works of faith. Faith has four things, church. We have saving faith. You are believing Jesus. That gives you eternal life. That's saving faith. Your confession and your genuine, deep-seated, unshakable belief in Jesus. That takes you to eternal life. That's what we call saving faith. Every one of you need that. Number two, you need faith that allows you to endure and persevere in the face of afflictions, in the face of difficulties, in the face of, of challenges. You need that faith. Faith that empowers you, gives you the strength to endure and to persevere to the end. In spite of every challenge that the devil will throw at you, in spite of everything the witches will throw at you, you have to have that faith that will make you stand. And having done all, to stand. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. amen. Because see, if, you don't have that, if you don't have this kind of faith, the devil can say your faith is very shallow. And he will keep throwing problems at you. He will keep throwing afflictions. Because we know that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But we also know that God is able to deliver him from them all. Just say amen to that. Amen. When the devil sees that your faith is shakeable, is shallow, he will throw the, the, most, the most depressing, the most harmful and hurtful things at you so that you crash, that he's got you where he wants you to be. But when he sees that you have faith to endure, that no matter what he throws at you, you are still standing, then he will leave you alone. That's how you resist the devil, and that's how he flees from you. Clap your two hands for Jesus. <laughs> faith, faith also has to do with day-to-day -day decisions. And this is very important. Many of the decisions we take from day to day are not based on faith. For example, we are here this morning. Every, we meet only twice a week. Sundays and Fridays. Now, the rest of the week is yours. But some decide only when it's Sunday, that's when they want to be somewhere else. They, they take the decision to be somewhere other to go to work or to be at home or to attend some social function or to travel, to visit some... Just when we are meeting the house of God. Fridays, many of us don't come. Many of us, very few. Now, the, the number of those come Fridays are very, very little. Very few. But these are decisions that we take based on faith. Faith that allows you to take the right decision at any point in your life. And may you have that faith, church. If you don't have that faith, if you don't have that faith, you can't build yourself up. You cannot build yourself up. If you keep absenting yourself regularly, long term, for example, the revival, seven days, you didn't take part. How can you build yourself up in your most holy faith? You can't. You can't. And then, of course, you need faith for miracles. You need faith for miracles. Very important. We all need miracles. The, the, the number four one is faith for miracles. 
Jesus said, woman, go. Your faith has made you well. Go. It is your faith that has made you well. We need miracles. I need miracles, and every one of your miracles is my miracle. But to get that miracle, you need a kind of faith that will enable God to turn and look at you. God, you are not the only one. There are millions of believers believing God for miracles. What will make God give you your miracle today? May God give you your miracle today all the same. So you need faith for miracles. Sorry, you need faith for miracles, church. Yes. You know the miracle that you need. You need this miracle. How do I get it from God? If only I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. If only, if only, I know, if only, praise the Lord. And she got her miracle. Son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus, blind man, he heard Jesus was passing by, shouted. By faith, Jesus stopped for him. And he got his healing. Faith for miracles. So, with this, you build yourselves up. This is how you build yourself up. You build yourself up. Not by staying away from church meetings. Not by, you know, being in a small thing that you are depressed. The devil knows that you keep throwing it at you. You know that, oh, this is what hurts you. You keep throwing it at you. But the solution is simple. Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen? Amen. And that's building yourself up, therefore, takes you to a place where you have now become spiritually mature. You are now a spiritual giant. Spiritual giant. Church, I have been through this. I am a living testimony of this. About a week or two ago, I, uh, after church, I was told that uh, there was a Nigerian couple. I don't know what they are, they are here. They are here. Uh, I apologize. But they were here a week or two ago. A couple from Nigeria. First time visitors. They sat on their back. And I think during, at the beginning of that service, I ministered. I did some ministrations. I was led to do pray for people. And when they, they saw the anointing and everything, they got up and left. And when the ushers or the welcome team asked them why they were leaving, what they said was that they said that their spirits, they don't agree with their spirits here. Their spirits, they don't agree with their spirits here. So in the middle of the administration, when they saw the move of the Holy Spirit, they got up to leave. And the welcome team asked them why were they leaving? They said, oh, their spirit... Didn't you agree with the spirit here? Why? I don't know. But I know that the spirit here is the Holy Spirit. I, I know that the spirit we have here is the Holy Spirit. We don't have any other spirit. God. There's only one spirit. Hello? Bible said there's only one spirit, one God, one faith, one baptism, one Lord. Only one spirit. So if they have been to other places where there are other spirits, we are not the other places. We are the house of God and the gate of heaven. Praise the Lord. Put your hands there for Jesus. And we have reached this far by building ourselves up. 
And I was saying that maybe, maybe they don't know us. They have never heard of FCAC before. Nobody knows us. We are not, we are not national news. I'm not a bishop or a bishop. So what they saw here, they were not expecting it. They were not expecting it. How can we see? They are, maybe they have not seen it in many places. So, ah, this man must be operating with some other spirit. Many years ago, early in my ministry, there was a guy who said, oh, he was sure I had a shrine in my house. He was telling members that I had a shrine in my house. Until he told somebody who knew my house, he knows every room. A member knew every room in my house, every room. The member told him that I have been to doctor's house. I know every room. I have been even under his bed, everywhere, bathroom. There is no shrine in his house. The only shrine he has here is the pulpit of God. Amen, oh. Praise the Lord. Because we have been careful to be building ourselves up in this, our most holy faith. And when, you, when God gives you, you don't boast. You don't go broadcasting on TV. At one time, a radio, radio station wanted to invite me. I said, no, I'm not coming. They want me to have a, a program on their, on their radio. I said, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not reached there yet. I'm not coming. Praise the Lord. Building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Now, look at what Hebrews says. Or listen to what Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews 5, 12 and 14. Hebrews chapter 5, 12 and 14. 12 to 14, sorry. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14. Hebrews chapter 5. Verses 12 to 14. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God or the word of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. But solid food belong to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. This applies to many of us. This is what Jude is saying. Exhortation, advising us. Beloved, you see, serving God is easy, and yet it's not easy. To begin is difficult, but once you begin... The Holy Ghost gives you the power. Otherwise, how could Jacob? Bible said Jacob served for seven years to marry his second wife. Seven years. And it seemed to him like a few days. Because he loved what he was doing. And God empowered him. After serving seven years to marry Leah, he was asked to serve another seven years to marry Rachel. And I've said that very soon we're going to make people serve here seven years before we marry in this church. If you have not served seven years, you can't marry in this church. Then you tell everyone we want to start it. We, we put your, we start. Okay, get set on your mask, go. Then we start set, marking the time. Seven years, that's when you qualify to marry. Church, if you agree with me, say yes. <laughs> so building yourself up is easy and yet it can be difficult depending on how you approach it. 
But when you decide I'm going to do it, it's God who gives you the power. It doesn't matter where you are or who you are. My first church, my wife and I, our first church was in Ashimota. And we live at Tessin in where it is. We're going to Ashimota. Even for, even, even for evening service. Were, and it, it looked like nothing to us at all. First Peter 2, verse 2. First Peter 2, 2. First Peter 2, 2. As newborn babies, First Peter 2, 2. Verse 2. As newborn babies, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. May we all grow in Christ Jesus. Amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. <laughs> Next, Jude says, praying in the Holy Spirit. So the first exhortation is building yourselves up. In this, your most holy faith. Don't forget that. You have to build yourselves up. Don't stay where you are forever. Number two, is that praying in the Holy Spirit. Because see, when the Spirit of Christ is in you, when the Holy Ghost is in you, you pray in the, in, in the Holy Spirit. And here, and I, I don't mean words. I, I'm not shy in saying this, that anyone calling himself a believer or Christian. Doesn't matter where you are on the face of the earth. And you have not received a gift of praying in tongues. Then the Holy Spirit is not in you. Then the Holy Spirit is not in you. Once you say you are a Christian or a believer, you must have the Spirit of Christ in you. And if you have the Spirit of Christ in you, you must have the gift of praying or even singing in the Holy Spirit. Doesn't matter what you think or say. These are the facts. The facts that we have to deal with. The facts that confront us. So, it's not enough to say that I'm a believer but I don't believe in tongues. No. That is not the issue. Then you don't have the Holy Spirit in you. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Jude is saying that we must all pray in the Holy Spirit. When Christ's Holy Spirit is in us, we shall all pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, Romans 8, Romans 8, verse 9. Romans 8, first verse 9, and then verse 26. Romans 8, verse 9. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit that you are in the Holy Spirit. If indeed, if indeed the spirit of Christ, of God, dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. This is a very profound statement. There's no, there's no argument about this. We are not in the flesh. We are more spiritual than natural or physical because we are in the Holy Spirit. Church, remember this. As a child of God, exhortation number two is that stay, be in the Spirit. Don't just say, I go to church. That's my church. But we are all 100% in the flesh. 
That is, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, then you are in the Spirit. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ or the Spirit of God, he is not his. I mean, that person doesn't belong to Christ. Don't belong to Christ. And who knows, one day when God can say, no, I never knew you. I never knew you. Then verse 26, the same chapter 8, verse 26. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. <clears throat> same chapter, chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. But we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, if the Holy Ghost prays for us, why should we not pray? Why should we not pray? Then we should pray. And I've always been saying that, look, as a child of God, at any time, listen carefully, at any time that it just drops into you, there's this overwhelming feeling to pray. And suddenly, as if you have to pray, you are being urged, you are being, you know, asked to pray. Get up and pray. Even if you don't know what to pray for, pray, pray, pray in the Holy Spirit, pray in tongues. But I have had several examples where I've been lying down, then suddenly, suddenly I felt like praying. You know, it's like, then you feel like you want to throw up and you cannot do it, you have to go and pray. And one example was when my daughter, Ellen, who, was now, who is now in the U.S., went to American Embassy for a visa. She went for a visa. And though she qualified for the visa, they refused her the visa. So she was on her way home, on her way home with her passport, having been refused the visa. I was working in the hospital. I was in a theater, in my theater gown, operating. But then suddenly... I felt like going to pray. So, and I knew it. So I left and went to the washroom. I didn't want the nurses what you see. So I went to the washroom, changing room. And uh, when I, I got there, I said, I, I had to pray for Ellen. It must be Ellen. I started praying for Ellen. The same thing at the same time was happening to her mother. Also was praying. Without knowing that, she had been refused a visa. She was on her way home when the American embassy called her. That she should come back. Come back for the visa. Just say prayer. prayer. Say prayer. Pray. pray in the spirit. If the spirit of God dwells in you, you pray in the spirit. The spirit will urge you. Urge you. And when you begin to pray, you see that, oh, because you responded to that urge, something happened. Something happened. Something will happen. And may something happen in your favor. In the name of Jesus. Even when you are eating, wherever you are, if that feeling comes upon you, stop whatever you are doing and just pray. If you don't know what to pray for, pray in the Holy Spirit. Just say amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18a. Ephesians 6, 18a. That's the first part of, the, of verse 18. Praying always, Ephesians 6, 18a. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. 
In the spirit. So don't forget. In the spirit. Praying always. Prayer is very, very important. So Jude today is reminding us, exhorting us, advising us. We should always pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, exhortation number three. Keep yourselves in, the love, in God's love. Keep yourselves in God's love. We are in God's love if you obey God's commandments. The only way you can be in God's love is by obeying his commandments. It's as simple as that. Once you obey his commandments, you can be sure that you are in his love. John chapter 15, John's gospel. Chapter 15, 9, 9 and 10. John 15, 9 and 10. Jesus making some profound and mighty statements here. Not debatable. Not subject to arguments. John 15, 9 and 10. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Church, may you all abide in Christ's love. As the Father loved me, can you look at that? Look at that. As God the Father loved the Son, so has He also loved you. And He said, Abide in my love. Abide in that love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Is that in our Bibles? Very simple. The same love. That the Father loved the Son, loved the Son with. That God the Father loves God the Son with. The same love, He has also, is also lovingness with the same love. Can you believe that? Amazing. But there's a condition. The condition is that obey His commandments. Once you obey His commandments, you abide in that love. And if you are abiding in God's love, who can hate you? Who can hate you? Who can harm you? You are bad in He loves you. Someone may hate you, but that hatred is will not do anything to you. It will not do anything to you. And may your enemies not be able to do anything at all to you. In the name of Jesus. Clap your two hands for Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 11. Verse 12, sorry, verse 22. Romans 11, 22. Keep yourselves in God's love. Romans 11, 22. Romans 11, 22. Therefore, consider the goodness of and severity of God. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fail severity, but toward you, goodness. If you continue in his goodness, otherwise you, you also will be cut off. The Bible is here saying that there are two sides to God. God is good. Church, God is good. And all the time. 
God is also very severe. <laughs> Hello? Uh, God is also very, can be very severe. So God has two sides, two, two aspects of God. Goodness and severity. And those who fall, those who fell and keep falling, God is severe toward them. His severity, punishment, judgment, God deals with them. Deals with them. Deals with them. Shamantia. Praise the Lord. Severity. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. But to those who are called, those who are his children, those who are in his love, his goodness, his goodness, is good to empty. May God be good to you. Michel Kam, Tessi, Niboy Town, and Tema. May God be good to you. God is good, but the thing is also severe. So he said, you too, if you are not careful, his severity can come upon you. The fact that you are, it's good towards you doesn't mean that oh, it's automatic. You must abide in his love. Then he always be good to you. May God be always good to you all. Amen. Don't forget that. Exhortation number three. Abide in God's love. Stay in his love. Be careful you don't leave his love. Finally, looking for Christ's mercy unto eternal life. Don't forget that the ultimate reason why we serve God is heaven, eternal life. Otherwise, how can it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Years ago, I told you, uh, when I was at Kolebu, now, this man, rich man, came. Very rich man. And uh, he, was, he, was, he was rich. But he had terminal disease. He was, he was about to die. He was about to die. And we doctors, when we see that uh, you're about to die, there's something we, we call TLC. We call, uh, 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 sorry, um, L, uh, love and tender care. LTC. Love and tender care. So, oh, when you see you, then we, we are nice to you. Oh, what say? Oh, and, and what did he do? I've eaten which means so my num oh then we move on. <laughs> so this man he saw that ah every time the same thing I just he said he said so realize that no so he said one day when we get there judge he said how are you have you eaten yes have you drunk you drunk the mud oh I, I, you are looking good and he knew he was dying then when we moved on he shook his head and said, Then this man looked at her and said, Doctor, Then one of my, my colleagues, when we moved, he said, With me, This man was rich, very wealthy man, successful man. Yet he was dying. Dying. And you can see. There's no hope of eternal life. When my time comes, like Paul, Paul said, oh, to depart and to be with the Lord, which is by far better. Do you think Paul was, uh, he was joking? You knew what he was talking about. He had been there before. When my time comes, I will, I will say bye-bye to everybody. I'll see you there one day. Praise the Lord. 
And nobody should cry. Eat and drink. Hello? Because I've gone to a far better place than Tema here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, never forget. You may be young, but ultimately, ultimately, our reason for serving God, worshiping God, is eternal life. So he said, looking on to the mercy of Christ for eternal life. And when you have that vision, when you have that vision, nothing will stop you. You know where you are going to. Nothing, nothing will stop you here. But if you have no vision, your vision is here, then you get there and then you stop there. You stop there. And you, know, you never make it. You don't endure. But it's only those who endure to the end who shall be saved. As many as will endure, persevere to the end. It's not the beginning. It's the end. Not the beginning. Many begin, but they don't end. As many as will endure, because it takes endurance to the end, they are the ones who shall be saved. Not those who begin. Praise the Lord. May we all be saved. And that's what we preach in FCAC. Here we don't preach money, but God still gives us money. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We don't preach prosperity, but God gives us, God prospers us. I look at our tie cards, not because I want to know what you are getting, but I want to make sure that we are all prospering. Now I'm seeing you all prospering. And may you continue to prosper. When you plant, may you harvest a hundredfold the same year. In the name of Jesus. Whatever your hand touches, may God prosper it. Whatever you sow, may God prosper it a hundred times. In the name of Jesus. Titus, Titus 2.13. Titus chapter 2, finally, Titus. Titus before, before Hebrews. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Final scripture. Titus 2, 13. I like this scripture. I like, I, all the when I read them, some, I, I, I see... I, 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 I read the scripture. Every verse, I hear Christmas bells ringing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every verse I read, I, see, I hear hallelujah. Hallelujah. 13 says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearance of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at this. They've been over here looking for the blessed hope. That, that, that thing that we are hoping for is a blessed thing, a mighty thing. Blessed hope. And glorious appearance of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The day that Jesus appears is so glorious for us. But for some, it will be weeping and the gnashing of teeth. <laughs> for us, a glorious appearance. If I can't wait to see that day, I wish it to be today. How many of you wish that to be today? Oh, nobody. How many of you would like that today Jesus will appear? Oh, oh some hands are down. How many of us here, let me see, will wish that Jesus will appear today? Some hands are still down. In other words, you know, that my question is always is still pending. If an angel should appear here today, an angel hmm, appear here, that 
as many as are ready, is taking her to heaven now. Taking her. How many of you will go right now? You are not even going home. You are not going to pack your things. Are you sure you go? <laughs> you are going right now, right now, right now. You are not going home to pack. You are sure you go. You get on board and go. Then, then, God, then you are blessed. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's why, you know, Elijah, Elijah, he knew he was going to be taken up. And yet, he was still going. God said, oh, go all the way to, to, to Jordan. Hmm? From Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho, Jericho to Bethel, Jordan. He, he knew he was going. And yet, he was going. It didn't happen where he was. He had to travel far before he was taken up. And yet, he went. Hello? Are you sure if an angel should come today, say, yeah, cool. how many of you will go with him? That at that time, you will not go to the washroom at that time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then <laughs> you are mightily blessed. Mr. Tessie, I hope you all raise up your hands. <laughs> eh? Praise the Lord. Likewise, Michelle, can did, did they all raise their hands? I'll find out from your pastor or from your pastors if you all raise up your hand. That means that you have, you have got the message. You have really, truly got the message. Say amen to that. Amen. Though I know how many of you know that uh, it's, what I'm saying is fictional. It's not happening. And it, when it really happens, that's when we will know. So he said, Oh, my come, come, when because you know, say, it happened. And the I happen when it happens. But I pray that you <laughs> praise the Lord. Ah, you may think about you know about uh, the money you have under your pillow, your bank account. And if a couple and the man raise the wife, would the man say now kohana hangano? Are you sure you say that? You are going, who will take care of the children? Put your hand there, Joe. Put your hand down, Joe. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, we have four exhortations from Jude today. And let, let this word stay with you the rest of your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Clap your hands for Jesus. for joining us for this Sunday morning's Bible study and sermon. We believe you have been blessed by the word. Join us same time next Sunday and have a blessed week.